Hi guys, today's episode is brought to you by Pure Relief CBD at purerelief.com. Pure Relief carries CBD oils, edibles, vape gear, topicals, concentrates, and pet products for every one of your CBD needs. Pure Relief products are independently tested, pharmacist formulated, and made from hemp sourced in the United States with CO2 extraction. Plus, Pure Relief makes it easy to try their product. Try their free 500 or 1000 milligram CBD daily dose sample or their CBD pain salve and see if CBD is right for you. Simply pay shipping and you'll get a single dose sent straight to your door. CBD is non-psychoactive, non-addictive, has minimal side effects and can be used safely by children, adults, and animals. I use CBD for my diagnosed generalized anxiety disorder and major depressive disorder. And at the end of 2017, I use CBD to successfully go completely off of all pharmaceuticals. Join the thousands of people using CBD to enhance their lives and wellness by visiting purerelief.com and use code STONERMOM for a whopping 25% off your CBD order. That's purerelief.com, code STONERMOM. What's up, podcast listeners? You are listening to Mom and Dad Are Stoned, a podcast for responsible cannabis users, brought to you by thestonermom.com. That's me. I'm the Stoner Mom, also known as Catherine, and I am joined, as always, by my beloved husband, David. Am I beloved to you? Today. I love you. Just today? Always. All right. Anyway, I love you too. We are parents to four mm-hmm. and legal cannabis users in the great state of Colorado. There it, we are. In this podcast, we pour a couple drinks, smoke a little weed, relax, and talk about cannabis, our lives, pop culture, and more. Hi. Blam. Hey. Thanks for the drink. Man, I dabbed that CBD stuff. I love it. I want you to do it right now. Okay. Will you do that? Let's get into libation corner. <laughs> Speaking of doing stuff. Where is the stuff? Okay. The stuff is right here. Well, first of all, I'm supposed to be getting high. I know. Just do a little bit. There might even be some left in there, honey. David pressed. What did you press? This is, this? I didn't press anything. This is oh. actually, I use, I extracted this with like a ethanol oh. extraction thing. And it's uh, hemp. It's all hemp. But it tastes amazing. It tastes like lavender. Did it hiss? Like No, it did not hiss. So it wasn't like that one time. No, this is different. You don't need it to do a lot. Oh, sorry. Did I do too much? No, you can do as much as you want. Okay. I don't care. Okay. Um, so I'm about to dab that. I have been using the Dr. Dabber. I just want to my... know what you think about it. Okay? Okay. So as here my you go. dabbing device. I love this thing, by the way. Look at that. It's it's okay, here she goes. She's sticking it in there. I just am curious to see what she thinks. It's amazing. Okay, here she goes. What do you think? How does that taste? Mm. Do you like that? That tastes great. It does, right? Wow. What do you think of that? Ooh. What's wrong? No, it was just a huge dab I did. You did. <coughs> okay, well, how is CBD going to help me on my my stoned knee journey? Well, it's going to help you because you're going to smoke more weed and they're going to work together to they conquer are. all your issues. It's totally true. So I maybe won't be such a miserable, depressed witch. Man, I love that. <coughs> I love the way that makes me feel. I kind of like it too. I will also say... With dabbing on a dab rig or whatever, there's obviously going to be some leftover from what I had been previously dabbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like it went straight to my head almost, like yeah. immediate CBD. I love it. It feels like menthol, kind of. Does that make sense? Or like one of those kind of medicinally kind of feelings. Well, anyway, Woo! staying in Libation Corner. I love that. In addition to our... CBD dabs. Um, I am smoking Rainmaker. I also have Mandarin cookies. 
What are you smoking? You're staring um, out the window with a smile on your face. Man, I, I, I feel awesome. I'm looking at the snow on the trees and it's reminding me of my childhood uh, Christmas time. It's beautiful. It's the afternoon. It's sunny, but it snowed today. It's amazing. <coughs> um, I am smoking. Okay, so I have this grinder that I just continually add shit to. I have no idea what it is anymore. Um, I went downstairs and I got oh a bud of... Um, Purple now and later, and then a giant hemp bud of cutie, the hemp strain. And I ground it and put it on top of what it was there before, which I think was mandarin cookies and hemp. So I think I got a mishmash of all kinds of crazy shit up in here. And then I'm drinking a um, bourbon and ginger beer, and my wife is drinking a cocktail as well. We I found these amazing, like, I don't know what they're called, just drink mixers. And it's Dr. Fentanyl's, but we call Fenton. it Fenton because of that YouTube video of the dog Fenton. And Bloody they... Christ. Fenton! And I got a grapefruit tonic water for you. Oh, yes. Pink grapefruit tonic. And I'm drinking their ginger beer with lime. What kind of gin am I drinking? Uh, you're drinking um, uh, Leopold's uh, Navy Strength. No, Summer Gin. Oh, I haven't had the Navy it's in a while. So oh, the Navy is good. It's the best gin, I think. But it, we yeah. love that Leopold's Gin. Don't we? Uh, we do. It's made here in Colorado. I know. We've been uh, drinking that shit forever. Since yeah. I've known you. Oh, my God. I used to drink Leopold's Bourbon all the time. It's not bad at all. I love you. I like that we have liquor in our lives. You know, we could go Even to if the Leopold stoners. place. I'm not that person. Yeah, me neither. F that idea. That's but you dumb. know what? If I had a relative or a friend come in town that wanted to go. Oh, you want to go? I would I would feel that I had to accompany them. And I'm then make that I would feel happy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So that's Libation Corner. That's what we are drinking and imbibing on today. Yep. And as usual... When we record this, there are no kids in the house, no, though we are no. parents. We are parents. Did we ever explain that on our podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I guess you can do a refresher. Our, our We're divorced yeah, we and are. remarried. Not, we aren't divorced from each other, though. We're remarried, so our children go away. They go to different households um, on certain on the days weekends. of the weeks. Yeah. And so that's when we sit down and record our Sunday Starter sessions together. There's no children here whatsoever. We can get so fucking blazed out of yep. our minds. One day. Sometimes two. I can take all the edibles and completely pass out. Yeah, and it'd be fine. Which is something that's been happening lately. <laughs> okay, anyway, that's it for Libation Corner. Yep. Bye. All right, what's next, baby? It's what's going on with you guys. What is going on with you guys? What's going on okay, all with right. you guys? Yeah. I wanted to say a couple <laughs> weeks ago, we watched The Witch. And it's October. Mm-hmm. It's spooky. Scary, man. Spooky, scary movie time. Um. And it was fun watching The Witch with you. It was scary. It was so boring. It was for very boring. so long. And then yeah. in the final scene, it's scary. And David yeah. was like, dang. <laughs> and that was great to watch. I love watching things with you. <laughs> I love it when anything affects you. It's awesome. It scared me a little bit. <laughs> I know. I gotta be honest then with you. Then he was like reading about it the next day. And I was like, are you okay? Because I was are like, are you a little obsessed? I was like, did that happen in the movie? <laughs> Is this the point of view we're supposed to be looking at this movie from the whole time? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it was. I mean, like. I loved it. It was a secret sneak up on you movie. And I thought it was great. Because you know what it is? You, when the movie's over, you're given this cool treat where you can imagine the movie however you want. Like, you literally can be like, I'm going to think of it now from this point of view, from this person. And mm-hmm. oh, it's a completely different movie now. I loved it. And at the end, oh, my God. People love that movie. Fuck. It's like the it's movie. Really it's like a, a horror movie that's, like, considered one of the best in modern times. It's really good. Um. 
And yeah, I had just read about it. And so it was finally on Netflix. So I was like, let's watch it. It's like set in Puritan times. And I will say now, if you haven't watched it, I read after I watched it that it's really advised to watch it with subtitles on. Oh. Because it's hard to understand everybody's accents. Yeah. And um, should we watch it again with the subtitles on? I remember we had this conversation. You were like, no, I'm over it. I would do it now. But I think. It's supposed to be like, oh my God, now I understand everything. Let's do Like a, th- a thousand times better. Let's watch it tonight. And it's even creepier. I believe it. Um, I love it. it's slow. It's very slow. It's a slow. But we made it through because we were stoned the whole time. So if you guys have any scary movie recommendations. Send them along. Send them in. But here are my, I don't like super gory movies, <laughs> but I can handle gore if I need to. But I don't like movies that are gory for gore's sake. Yeah. So you know what kind I'm talking about. That's a, a mm-hmm. that's a genre in horror. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, um, I don't need a, like hostile, right? Yeah, that, that kind of, of movies, stuff. Right. What it, it's called like torture porn or no, I don't shit, like it. Something like that. Uh, also, I don't need a ton of um, fucking and objectification of women. Or female stunt doubles naked getting slashed and killed. Oh, yeah. We don't need that. So, yeah. Scary movies. Or even, like, creepy thrillers, you know? That's what I want I want to hear. Anyway, what else? What has been going on with us? We've also been watching a ton of Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. And we... I... Gordon Ramsay is my, is my newest crush. And he's my new rock. I've decided that he's better. And he's than also rock. now my husband's new crush, right. which is we like to kind of it's coincide rare. our crushes. Honestly, no, we kind of had it both for the rock at the same time. Mm-hmm. We That's both ha- the rock is still amazing, but we both have Lana Del Rey crushes. Oh, I love Lana. It's Del Rey. not only boys. No, I love Lana Del Rey. We just there's certain people we enjoy watching succeed, like George Clooney. I'm over him. Uh, but his wife's fucking amazingly gorgeous. She's amazing. She's sick. She is. Hi. Um, yeah. So anyway, that is Gordon Ramsay for us now. We love Gordon Ramsay. Can't get enough Gordon Ramsay. Um, we're watching kit. We're currently watching Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, and, we've watched yeah. several of the American episodes. Now we're all on. the ones that are <clears throat> famous for their horrible pe- contestants or right. people mm-hmm. participants. Mm-hmm. So we've watched all of those. So now it's just a matter of watching all the others. And then we started watching. I read on Reddit that the UK edition of Kitchen Nightmares is total is profoundly different and much better. It is. And I read all about way. why. And I was like, oh, my God, I told David. And so now he's procured all of those. Yeah. And so we get to watch those. And those, it's so fascinating because it's like the same time period almost. Yeah. Or very close to. Mm-hmm. But... um. It's in the UK. Yeah, and it's, it's just so much calmer. There's none of the crazy quick jumps every five seconds. It's, yeah. Because we all have, I don't know what, some sort of sitting that disorder. That was at the tight of the, like, that's, when those are filmed, that's when Joe, those jump cuts. I feel like that's still how reality TV is. I agree with shown. you. I agree with you. But <clears throat> I don't, you know, fortunately, we've kind of gotten away from reality TV a little it's bit. It's just very... Uh, upsetting for the brain. <laughs> it's not soothing to watch at all, like in bed. No, because you don't know if it's in a linear timeline or not, and I think that's what the most well, upsetting part is. And they juxtapose it with like music that's like very like da 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 da. You know, like yeah. like something's happening when it's like really nothing's happening. Show us in one cut what's happening. And then Jesus you come back from the break, Christ. and it's like someone taking a spoonful of food. And he eats it, and he's like, dun, 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 dun. And then it's like, mm, it's delicious. Dun, 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 dun. Why do we love Gordon Ramsay? Because he's just, he. first of all, he's tall. We love that. He's exactly as tall as you. He is. And he's tough, and he will yell idiot right, right into your face. I mean, like... <laughs> He doesn't. He is not afraid. He will not be intimidated. He will not be bullied. He just won't. Okay, and um, he just at the end of the day, he wants to help you. And he's very knowledgeable. He is, and he's very accomplished and talented. He's very accomplished and very knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Um, and very generous with his knowledge. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's something. He will give you an entire. 
he will give you an entire new restaurant, like a new menu. He's like, here's my Gordon Ramsay version of what you should be cooking, okay? And it's easy and fucking... And what I love the most about him is he loves the customers more than anything. He's always talking about the... Like, how can you charge this? How can you ask people to pay this for this shitty-ass right. meal? Like, how unfair is that? You know? Yes. And people, it's like, what? Oh my God, I'm shocked. How dare you? My business is failing. Oh my God, yeah. I have to charge. And it's like, no, fuck you. People are leaving their house, yeah. houses to like. And they may not get to eat out all the time. No, customers, man. All, they will fucking not come back. They won't come back. And, and the word you, gets out and you're donezo. Done. So Gordon's trying to help you out of that situation, right, baby? Yeah. And anyway, I we think it's a great show. show. We should, I recommend it. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's, you know, we're, we're a couple of old people who just like, we only watch shows that we've either seen for a the past 15 years or five years old. Yeah. And you know, we, ha we have to like watch it all and just revisit it and check it out and make sure it's okay. More about us. It snowed today. <laughs> it did. And Max loves it. Oh my God. He loves it. Max is our St. Bernard Husky mix. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Someone in our live session last night said that Huskies were mm, mentally delayed. <laughs> yes, it's because they. Made me laugh. I went to a, a liquor store yesterday, and they had they had Malamutes. They had three gigantic yes. Malamutes laying on the ground when you walk in. There's a brown one, a brown and white, a gray and white, and a black and white one. How pretty! And they're laying there, and then they're going. Like howling at each other because they wanted to be pet so bad. Like, because this one little kid got on the ground and started petting him, and then the other one's like, oh, <laughs> oh, my God. And these dogs are like enormous, like Chewbacca. They're like dire wolves or something, you know? They're, they're bigger than normal huskies, you know? I just can't believe they're talking like that. They're howling at each other. Wow. And it made me want one so bad. I was like, maybe we need a Malamute. A few weeks ago, we were looking at dogs at rescues. It's true. Local rescues. Yeah. But then I just get frightened. I get frightened because it's like, it's a big time commitment. It is know? a big commitment. And I have the lives of two animals to consider. Right. So I'm always worried. And they love each other so much. They do love each other, but part of it is like... Max is, I don't know, he's fine. Maybe I should wait until he's, I don't know, when is the best time? There is no best time. <sighs> he's not going to live forever, but he seems to be He seems to be quite very, healthy. He seems to be in excellent health. Like, he just, yeah. I mean, he's not turning gray. In, and like, you know how dogs get that white on their face? Max does not have that. Max does not seem inactive at all. He seems like a puppy boy. He's so And active. he runs so much and runs back and forth in the backyard constantly. He's yeah, fine. He what? Anyway. <sighs> anyway. Does the show suck? Is, what segment is this, Max? This the, is... <laughs> the best dog in the world segment? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I guess that's what's going on with us. I don't know how long we talked about Matt. He's just so great, and he does this, and these dogs do that. He's so wonderful and amazing. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> sounding like an idiot. All right, come on. What are we doing next? What's going on? <laughs> hey, it's listener letter. Yay! Email us at mom and dad are stoned at yeah. gmail.com. Just do it. Uh, send us your letters, and we will answer them. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who's done that. And that's mom and yes. dad are stoned. I love your podcast and videos. It's so amazing that you share an authentic look into your cannabis-friendly home. I have so many questions. Probably too many. Don't expect you to answer all of them. Oh, I'm going to. <coughs> but I would Excuse absolutely me. love if you picked one of my questions to read. All right. In listener mail. What are your thoughts on mailing, shipping, flying, or driving seeds from Colorado to Massachusetts? Hmm. I personally wouldn't worry about any of that. Me neither. <laughs> 
Uh, I wouldn't either. They're seeds, girl. They're seeds. Nobody gives a hell. They don't know what it is. They don't. They're like, they have to like test it to figure out what it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And they're easy to just. You can also things. say, guess what? You can also say they're novelty collector items. You're collecting these seeds because you're just a strain collector of different um, novelty seeds and you never will intend to uh, germinate them. Yeah. That's true. That's a fact. And then driving, they're just tiny seeds. Yeah. I feel like they're just like the easiest possible thing for like I mean, yeah. somewhere. Put them up your butt. <laughs> Don't even put them up your butt. Put them somewhere else. You're fine. Just, yeah. You know what? I Act like you blew your it. nose into a Kleenex and then put it in there, <laughs> rumple it up and throw it in the back seat. Done. That's your hidden device. Okay. Oh, that's a snotty rag officer. Oh, I better not touch that. Okay, next. <laughs> How many milligrams of THC and or CBD do you consume on a typical school day? Mm, and then how much on a typical child-free full-on stoner session? Damn. I love that you understand my my stoner routine so well. Unfortunately, I don't know milligrams. I don't have a freaking clue for THC because um, I just, I mostly smoke pot with yeah. my bongs and, um, you know, I'm really bad about it. I don't keep track of... Um, how much I do on my stoner weekends, which is what I'm on right now. Well, stoner day. Right, yeah. My Sundays, okay. <laughs> my Sundays. So anyway, um, on a typical school day, and it's, it can vary anywhere from nothing at all to like three bowls. Um, often, I'd say most often, I will take just like a hit here or there throughout the day. Um, and so it's never, ever enough to actually get me high, um, unfortunately. And that's the actual typical, you know, so it's almost like microdosing. Sometimes during school days, I will have to work and that sometimes involves filming a legit stoner session right. and I will get pretty high in those. Um, and so when that happens, I film as early in the day as possible um, I usually just like drop off the kids. Um, and so I'll film that. I'll usually get pretty high. And then like I usually don't accomplish anything else that morning like at all um, until it's time to like get up and pick up kids. So I'm usually just like reading, eating, zoning out. I might nap. Um, so I don't necessarily like doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, the only way I can do it is to just film it as early as possible and then just like veg out. Because I, yeah. And then really concentrate on like how much are you smoking during your stoner session, which is hard to do. Right. Especially when, you know, all I've ever done is film stoner sessions where I just flat out smoke a ton of weed. Right. Um, so that's kind of the range of what like a typical school day is. Um, either... Like I said, there's plenty of days where I don't smoke anything at all or all that I smoke is like at night after kids go to bed. Um, and then there's also plenty of days where I take like one or two hits here and there throughout the day and affect like microdosing. So there's that. And then on the weekends, um, it's usually I have to wait around until all the kids leave because we do still have kids on the weekends, but eventually they do go to their moms. And then it is adult time. It's party time. We get out the bongs. They stay out until kids are expected back. I will do edibles. I will smoke around the clock. I will dab whenever I want. I will do all of it. I smoke my hemp cigarettes when all the kids are gone. Yep. Um I drink alcohol. Oh, and we drink. We drink too. So that's our, yeah. So I don't know milligrams. I will say also for CBD, um, I do know I usually uh, consume like 50 to 100 milligrams of CBD. And I have a few different uh, brands that I kind of rotate through um, with high strength CBD tinctures. Like you're doing 5,000 milligrams. I'll do 5,000 Um I'll do 3,000 and I'll do 1,000 because, um, like I said, anywhere from that 50 to 100 is, is pretty good. And I can do like two drops, you know, two dropper fulls. Tinctures are so easy to just kind of add a little bit and see if that helps. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Playing with um, dosages. Anyway, and I don't take it every day like I'm supposed to. I take it maybe every other day. 
Um, okay, another question. Do you ever worry that you've consumed or could consume beyond a medical and or recreational level in that it's no longer healthy but actually detrimental? And I don't typically worry about that personally. My bigger problem is actually abstaining from using versus overusing, if that makes sense. Uh, I talk about it a lot, but like just being really resistant to taking any sort of medication for my mental (coughs) illness is something I've had my whole life. And so it doesn't matter what the drug is, if it's freaking Wellbutrin or if it's smoking weed or if it's taking my CBD tinctures, I will resist it and have to be reminded and sort of pushed and nagged to do it. So that's kind of my bigger problem. I do believe in overuse, absolutely a thousand percent, including in overusing cannabis. Um, And I just think everybody has to be as self-aware as they can with all of this stuff. We're all relying on a drug that isn't, you know, properly regulated in any way. So it's literally up to us to figure out how to use. And it completely depends on our personal lifestyle, what we're using it for. You know what I mean? It's just, and so how the stoner mom uses it, you know, it's just one picture and, and your picture will look completely different depending on how often or what you actually need it for. You know what I mean? Um, Can I say something? What? Yes. Man, dabbing yeah. this CBD is <laughs> my, <laughs> it's yes. my favorite thing I've ever done. Wow. Honey, the, and I made this, like I made the extraction myself. I'm putting it in this Dr. Dabber switch. I'm vaping it, vape dabbing it. You know how to use that now. It's like an instant, like, cerebral, like, everything fires in your brain at once, and you're like, everything's completely okay in your life. And you feel amazing. Good. I'm just saying. I love it. I'm very glad. You want to try some? No. I want to get stoned I'm having drunk. I'm going to do it one more time. All right. Um, So is there more to this question? Yeah. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, As far as like overusing, I feel like if you're not getting things done because you need, in quotations, to get high first, and then still those things aren't getting done, that's like a pretty good indication of overusing. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And you're like using it actively to stop yourself from doing what needs to get done. Um, And like I said, it's all about being self-aware. There you go. Now nurse it, baby. Keep covering it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm watching him dab. It's like he's doing dabs. I wasn't fat dabs. I will say that sometimes when I'm filming on a school day and I get very stoned, that's an occasion where I might panic and be like, oh, my God, you're too stoned. Um, (laughs) And then the other time would be like the rare occasion that I take edibles and that edibles always make you panic at some point and go, shit, I'm too stoned. (laughs) Fuck. Um, obviously if you're the only parent in charge at home and kids are in school, you have to think about the worst case scenario, which would be for me, like if I have to pick up my kids right the fuck now, can I do it? And for me, there just isn't really a level of cannabis that would make me personally, you know, unable to do that. I will say there are edibles that could absolutely do that to me. You know what I mean? Like if I had taken... The 250 that I took that one day when I was off mom duty. Oh, my God, right? Oh, my God. I would have a full-on panic attack if something happened and I had to get kids. Yeah, so never again for that. Well, but, that you know, that that's the case of I only do that when I I'm think not I'm gonna on. Go, I think I'm going to get you an incredible bar tonight. I only do that when I'm not on parent duty. Yeah. So all about being self-aware, common sense. You only overindulge when you can and when it makes sense. Um. And you don't overindulge at all when you're on parental duty. Man, so, I love this CBD dabbing. I'm not going to lie. We have to know our limits. Um, and that means, you know, saying I shouldn't have been the stoned. You know what I mean? Yes. It's okay to say that and to like realize that kind of stuff. It's good. That's part of being responsible. Um, and another thing is a lot of people and a lot of moms I know are this way. Sober up extremely quickly. From cannabis specifically. Um, And that kind of knowledge of being self-aware, knowing I know that I'm going to sober up, like 
the second I fucking need to. You know, it's not completely useless information. No. So. Sure, mom chemicals blowing up in your body. It's just something that women have. Anyway, to end out her sweet letter, thank you for your bravery and honesty. You're an inspiration. Warmly. Mia, and she told me how to pronounce it, which is why I'm saying it. And she's a member of ours. Well, nice. Thank you. Thanks so so much for your awesome You're letters. amazing. Email us, you guys, mom and dad are stoned at gmail.com. Okay, we're back. And I am making Catherine vape dab some more of the CBD stuff because it's just amazing to me. It's like, it really gets me. So, I don't know, something. something. Did I do it wrong? You did something wrong. <laughs> do it. Here, fire it up again. Because, no, yeah. Hit it. Hit the fire up button. There you go. Now do it. There you go. Oh, shit. Yeah, now you got some. Oh, Lord. Do you love that? <laughs> there, you do it. All right, we're back. Last week, yes, I assigned you with the task of researching real life vampires. What did you come up with? Well, this is first of all, this is Stone Conversations. <coughs> yeah, with Believe It in Catherine. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Yes, last week you said vampires. I did. You said real life vampires. Of real ones, not fake ones. And I didn't know who what you meant. Until but then today. you figured it out. But you instantly said Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. And I he's like, a real life vampire. Oh, so you mean like the people... In history. Yeah. So Not Vlad, so the he, subculture. Right. So Vlad, so obviously vampires aren't real, right? And They're not real. Zombies or, or the undead... That's not really ...coming either. alive. That can't happen. No. And Vlad the Impaler, the whole idea of him being the inspiration for... Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Even that is like very tenuous. And it was like, well, yeah, like sort of, but like barely, right. not really. Do you know what I mean? Right. So anyway, he's just like a. Um, <sighs> a gory showman. Well, he was he was super cruel and he impaled a bunch of people. Like as is like warning, right? Like, ha ha ha. Mm hmm. And he was also imprisoned. And he like ruled like three times and but he was just like cruel, but he didn't do any like vampiric shit or anything. It was just a lot of blood. I mean, yeah, but it was like, you know what else? What? It was right. It was the 1400s. So this is like right when the printing press started. Oh, dear. And all of these stories were German stories about him. And so uh, they all got disseminated. Is that the word? I don't know. <laughs> Passed around, okay, really quickly. I through guess through the Heidelberg Press. Sure, there you go. Was that what it was called? I don't fucking know. God damn it. So anyway, Gutenberg. It was the Gutenberg Press. Oh my god, what did you say, Heidelberg? I said Hei <laughs> no. There is a Heidelberg Press. Oh, it's man. for real. Okay, I'm like sorry. the letter press presses are Heidelberg presses. So the Gutenberg Press was the very first original. There you go. Press. Project Gutenberg, bitch. Isn't that crazy? They made that. That's where you can read any ebook that's in the public domain. Damn. Including, most likely, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And and the actor Steve Gutenberg's um, entire biography. So anyways, I didn't read shit about Vlad the Impaler. His life is too long and boring to me. Okay, so what Sorry, did you, what do you I got? instead wanted to talk about Elizabeth Bathory. Okay. Because... I have a personal connection to this bitch, okay? Okay. So when I, I realized I was 13, when I discovered this book okay. at my local flea market, okay, where I was left alone to spend my own time, and I'd always end up in this book place and find totally inappropriate books. And so I found this book, and I must have read it 200 times. 200? I must have read it so many times. Are you kidding? Yes. You are it, kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do a, a bong rip. Yes. 
yes. stop confusing me. All right. Um, <laughs> I read it so many times because it was full of the most graphic sex. Are you scenes. kidding? Baby, no. It's so, and it's right there. I still have it, Damn. you guys. It's behind my desk. Where I filmed my stoner mom videos. Um, and I decided I'm, I'm going to reread this book. This is one of those creepy books along with all the V.C. Andrews books. But this is a thousand percent more graphic than V.C. Andrews. Is this old school? I don't know when it was written, but it's written by it's called the uh, Blood Countess. It's called Blood Countess by Andre Kodrescu. Was it written in another I time? Think? No. He, it was written in modern times. Like 1980-something? I don't even think it was the 80s. I think maybe it was the 90s. Wow. Um, okay. And it's this <laughs> creepy book where it, like, straddles two time periods. So a modern-day person okay. lo- doing research into Elizabeth Bathory okay. juxtaposed with Elizabeth Bathory's fucked-up fictionalized life. And, that, and it was so dark and so sexual. And that's where I learned what buggery was and all of that. Wow. So, I, yeah, don't let your kids just buy whatever don't. goddamn book they Oh, play. it's a history <laughs> book. That sounds really cool. Really, it's about this chick who doesn't exist. I'm like, is this why I'm fucked up Does as she, an is adult? She, is she like, a real character in history? Okay, so Elizabeth Bathory is a... So go read that book, first of all, because it's meant to be read by adults, people. I'm going to reread it. And it is about the infamous real-life Countess Elizabeth Bathory. I'm just going to say quickly... Because we're going to talk about a few different things with vampires, real life vampires. Let's do it. So Elizabeth Bathory was a Hungarian noblewoman and serial killer from the noble family of Bathory. For real? Yes! Okay. Who owned land in the kingdom of Hungary. Okay. And she has been labeled by the Guinness Book of World Records as the most prolific female murderer. Of all time. Of all time. Though the precise number of her victims is debated. Bathory and four collaborators were accused of torturing and killing hundreds of young women between 1585 and 1609. The highest number of victims cited during Bathory's trial was 650. She is most famous for the tale is of that she bathed in the blood of her young virgin female victims for purposes of retaining her youth and beauty. Whoa. So that's the whole story. Okay. Of her. So wait. Is that she did this thing specifically to be young and beautiful. Okay, that's the real history that we have documented in his historical time. Yes. Okay, and then now this person that you're recommending their books uh, to about yes. is an author who is like, I'm going to write fictional erotic horror. I'm about not even this sure I'd call it erotic, man. Uh, there was a full on female female strap on scene, dude. That sounds pretty erotic. I bet I dog eared that page. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me do it, Mark. Okay, so that's the Excuse kind of me. thing we can expect in this uh, novella, correct? That's not a novella. Whatever. So that, okay, so. It's a book. Do you have any more real life vampire information? Shut up. Let me finish reading. <laughs> Despite the evidence against Elizabeth, uh-huh. her family's influence, this bitch was in charge of everybody, okay? She, like, she owned all the land that people lived on. Okay, so this is like old, feudal Hungarian times, okay? Right. So we- ain't nobody's rich. It's just her. Everyone's dirt poor. And she's able to. You know, and get girls from all of the villages and whatever it's called, sponsor them or whatever. So they come and live there and work, you know, and you're not supposed to fucking murder them and be in their blood. They end up getting murdered. <laughs> and they end up like being paid or whatever. It's like a way for like a peasant to fucking like get a start in life. It's reasonable. Do you know what, what but I you mean? have to sacrifice your but life? She, no, but she, like that that's how she lured people in, man. Uh. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like a, a good thing that your daughter, oh. you would send your, you'd be so happy and you'd send your daughter away and then she's, you know. Um, Used as a bloodbath. So anyway, despite the evidence against Elizabeth, her family's influence kept her from facing trial. She was imprisoned in December 1610 within, I don't know how to say this, Cactis Castle okay. in Upper Hungary. This is in Slo- Slav- Slovakia. Okay. Um, and you can still go there. And she was held in solitary confinement in a windowless room 
until she died four years later. And yeah, you can totally go there. And in that erotic book that I read as a kid, they go there and creepy supernatural things happen. Oh, it's such a good book. It's creepy. Wait a minute. This poor woman had to spend her remaining days in a This poor woman. She killed a bunch of girls. Um, The stories of her serial murders and brutality are verified by the testimony of more than 300 witnesses and survivors, as well as physical evidence and the presence of horribly mutilated, dead, dying, and imprisoned girls found at the time of her arrest. So you can read, like, the super old-timey, obviously this is, like, I mean, it might have been the 1600s. Yeah, when she's caught. I'm not sure when. But, um... Uh, you know, they describe going into the castle and shit and like finding her. You're kind of freaking me out. Taking her out. And it was not good. It was very gross and gory and graphic. Why did they take her out of the castle? Because they were arresting her. Oh. Oh. And so, yeah. The So she's kind of, so she would do this with all of like these kind of lower peasant people, right? Take their daughters and stuff. And, um, you know, in the... Uh, anyway, eventually she took a singer that was, um, very much beloved in the town or whatever. Uh-oh. And I think Is that's... this in real history we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Uh, the, this, this bit, yes. Anyway. <laughs> this... I'm just making sure it's not I didn't the novel. Look, I did not look up her name. But, um, the novel, like, you know, tells... It's like a historical fiction. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, I know. The guy like so the things hammed that, it up. That they, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, because after these sort of atrocities happen, then it's like rewritten always by right. people, um, you know, of whatever political party that's trying to I either. Understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you're taking, for a modern day writer, there's so much like... Like, this was written in, like, the 1700s about her. So even that is super late. It's not contemporary. You right. know what I mean? Yes. Um, so this is some old-ass stuff that happened. But, yeah, it totally happened. And she did this and took the singer, and the singer disappeared. And that's the one she fucking froze outside alive. And Why would they do that to her? And they, like, slashed off. They, like, sexually mutilated people. And, and she had... um. Like her servant, like her most loyal like servant lady that like helped raise her, uh, was one of the other accused, who ended up, I think, going to prison too. Anyway, and then like a man guy. Anyway, so this lady was crazy and like was <laughs> like I could do anything and like she's like just like using people as like I want you to set up a stage of murder so as I walk through the castle there's someone being murdered in some way horrific as I walk by and she would do that right she was murdering people every night <clears throat> how gross I know okay so anyway that's anyway that. that's Next. distasteful let's talk about the vampire panics of New England oh okay okay so in the 80s and the 90s <laughs> and I guess now of the 1980s yes okay all, okay. Right. all over New England but okay. really focusing in like rural agrarian areas okay <clears throat> graves would be discovered where the bodies were desecrated and the bones were rearranged their feet would be bound the chest cavities would be mutilated. Skulls might be missing. Uh, like the legs will be put by the head and the head will be put by the butt. Like all rearranged. Do you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> and the coffins would be smashed. Okay. Is this creeping you out? Why would they do that, Catherine? <laughs> Why? This it would be very alarming and disturbing to yeah. find, right? Um. But anyway, it's attributed to these various vampire panics in the 17 and 1800s, mostly the 1800s, but as early as the 1700s. Okay. I think the late 1700s. Um, <laughs> and graves were being exhumed, like, in the past. Okay. And corpses were being desecrated to stop the vampire from feeding off those still living. What do you think of that? Oh, so they couldn't come back as vampires? So they couldn't. Yeah. So they're imagining that their loved ones could become vampires. So they like. So they're a living person. Right. And they're like, what the fuck? Martha is sick and dying. Somebody is 
feeding off of her. And I think that it's grandpa vampire. <laughs> right? So we're going to exhume their fucking grave and hopefully burn their heart and in some cases eat the ashes. Because that's not gonna give you tuberculosis. Mm-mm. Eat them. <laughs> um but if in any case, at least rearrange their bones and shit. At least. <laughs> so then what happens? Okay. Then Aunt so, Martha has so a chance. So fast forward to the 80s and 90s, and like this one dude specifically, I didn't write down his name. I think it was Michael Bell. Okay. But he's like the like foremost like uh, folklorist who studied these exhumations that occurred where people would exhume graves and rearrange it, and it was all because of vampire panics. So anyway, that's who I read about. Um, That's scary. And what they figured out is it was always happening, these exhumations, am I saying that right? I guess. During tuberculosis outbreaks. Oh, shit. Okay, let me read to you from smithsonian.com. Am I reading too much? No. Am I telling too much? No. An article by Abigail Tuckle. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me do a bong riff, and then I'm going to say all of that again. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, from Smithsonian.com, an article by Abigail Tucker called The Great New England Vampire Panic. Consumption, as tuberculosis was called, had started to plague New England in the 1730s, a few decades before the first known vampire scares. By the 1800s, when the scares were at their height— The disease was the leading cause of mortality throughout the Northeast, responsible for almost a quarter of all deaths. It was a terrible end, often drawn out over years. A skyrocketing fever, a hacking bloody cough, and a visible wasting away of the body. And the emaciated figure strikes one with terror, reads the 18th century description. The forehead covered with drops of sweat, the cheeks painted with a livid crimson, the eyes sunk, the breath offensive, quick and laborious, and the cough so incessant as to scarce allow the wretched sufferer time to tell his complaints. Ugh. Uh, indeed, Bell says, that's the guy I was talking about, the expert. Symptoms progressed in a way that it seemed like something was draining the life and blood out of somebody. Hmm. People dreaded the disease without understanding it. Uh, the, the the tuberculosis bacterium was discovered in 1882, and news of the discovery doesn't penetrate like rural areas for a while after that, um, much less drug treatments. And drug treatments didn't become available until the 1940s. Okay. So there's this whole period of time where people like don't understand this wasting disease and um, attribute it to supernatural vampiric whatevers. So. Of course it's vampires. Right? Yes. So, oh, and it's super highly contagious. And so, and it would sweep through a family, but it takes like several years, right, to succumb to it. Okay. So, unless you get the galloping kind. Oh, fuck that kind. Fuck that kind. So, somehow, so someone would get the idea that an earlier victim of the disease, like in the family, was somehow not actually dead and in fact feeding off of them. And so that's what they did. Wow. The end. That's scary. Okay, I also looked up modern-day vampires or real-life vampires. Okay, what is that? This is my last point before we go about vampires, okay? Okay. Obviously, they're not real, but there is a subculture of real-life vampires who have hematomania, which is the craving to drink blood. Okay. So there you go. Now listen to this. This is from the article... Uh, the Guardian article. Okay. Entitled Interview with a Real Life Vampire. It's by Kim Wall. Do you know who Kim Wall is? No. Does that sound familiar to you? No. Kim Wall is the journalist, the female journalist that last year was murdered on a submarine by that fucking maniac billionaire yes. kid guy. Young guy. Yeah. So I'm reading about fucking vampires, and I look at the author, and it's Kim Wall. And Holy I was like, fuck. what? I immediately Google it, and I'm like, that's the woman. And I looked at all, and she was totally a writer for The Guardian. So it was her. Anyway, that poor young woman, who is very intelligent and amazing. Who was murdered? Mur- this fucking maniac dude that like somehow like crowdfunded a whole shit ton of money and maybe came for money too to build some like nutty ass submarine thing 
he's like trying to be like Elon Musk or whatever. Um, and I, I think he'd done a whole bunch of things that were wrong. So she was like kind of investigating it. Um, and it cost her her life. Well, I don't, yeah. Either way, he killed her and um, he killed her on that submarine. And then he told everyone, no, I dropped her off at the dock. And um, then he said famously, I buried, she hit her head and I buried her at sea. And then I think they found her body parts that he fucking Did he get... disposed of and were dismembered. So, like a vampire skeleton. Baby, he was on his bizarre toy that he had built. And took that woman's body apart. So did he get arrested for that? I don't know. You got to look it up. All right. Anyway. He's not a vampire. Okay. So from her article, Kim Wall, rest in peace. Apart from the societal taboos attached to the practice, consuming human blood is generally not advisable. It can carry a range of diseases, including hepatitis, HIV, and parasites, but it's also hazardous among uh, hazardous amounts of iron. Modern vampires often insist that their cravings are not voluntary. Life would have been easier without them, but something that they are born with. Yet it isn't necessarily sexual, though they can and do overlap. Real vampirism should not be confused with blood fetishism. Um, Insiders refer to the realization of one's vampiric nature as an awakening. It isn't like the dramatic process often portrayed in movies, and one isn't uh, ter- turned through vampire bites. For most vampires, it's a gradual and frightening process, normally manifesting itself in puberty or possibly following trauma. The trial and error vampires learn what curbs their hunger. No one knows what causes hematoma ma- hematomania, the, cause- the craving to drink blood. Those who experience it describe it as an intense thirst-like sensation, an addiction with withdrawal-like symptoms. Animal blood or rare steaks may act as substitutes but for most vampires nothing beats fresh blood frequency and amount vary but for many a few teaspoons once a week is enough this is supplemented with a normal diet after all because real vampires are humans with human needs what do you think of that i don't know they drink a couple teaspoons of blood a week i guess (laughs) Yeah, but they crave it? Like, they can't stop the craving? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Is it bad for you? Mm, it's not illegal. Is it healthy bad for you? I don't know. Do they obtain the blood legally? I read that they were really picky about it. Picky about what? Like, very, you know, like a hipster would be with their chicken from a restaurant. I want to know the name of the chicken. I want to know that it's healthy, what its diet has been. I want to know its quality of life. You know, how is it going to benefit from maybe the money that it's getting from giving, wait, well, the chicken one, but the person giving you blood. What? Do they have a drug addiction? Like, you know, they're picky. And they can just buy blood at the blood bank? I think it's more about finding a person you can get blood off of. Can I guess? I'll tell you what. This sounds a little crazy, but I'm going to ask you something. I know we're sitting here on the Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Are you enjoying yourself? Do you like your cocktail? It's fine. Are you having a good time? I wish I could find my lighter. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Yeah. There's a lighter on the floor under the... Oh. Um. See it? Okay. So let me ask you a question. What? This is going to sound zany. How about if I give you money every month and you give me some of your blood? How much money? Um, a thousand dollars. What? What yeah. are you using the blood for? I just need a couple teaspoons of blood. Fuck yes. Done. It's Where just... do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> it's a syringe needle. Is that cool? Yeah, I guess I got to figure out how to draw blood. Now listen. That's not going to be If you want to let me get... I'll make my If you want to get... Make me get... um, <laughs> Honey. Five <laughs> syringes full in one setting, that's five thousand dollars. Okay, I think I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do you think? Wow. I guess that's exactly how this works out. We haven't figured out. So is that okay? I mean, like, that's, I'm not going to hurt you. I I think you're cool. What are you doing with the blood again? I just need it for some reason. You know what? I'm drinking it. I'm going to tell you, I'm drinking it. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. If I could really verify that you were going to drink all of it, Uh I would. 
But I have this well, fear that someone would want to take my DNA just to have my DNA to fucking oh, falsely put me in jail. Listen, do you know me. what I mean? I'm a proper gentleman's vampire. <laughs> I am not. If any blood that I do not use, I will dispose of. I promise you. On a, uh, at a with, crime scene? With bleach, okay? Like, so if I have, le- because I'm the kind of vampire who, I don't like my blood to be rotten. So, like, I'm not going to, like, if there's backwash blood, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to throw it away, but I will mix it with bleach before I pour it down my toilet. How's that sound? I am not going to sell your DNA. I want you to enter this blood-sucking relationship with me so I can pay you to get some, just a little bit of blood. You don't even miss it. You donate more blood at a blood drive than I would pay you for. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what do you think? <laughs> okay, good. I think that's how that happened. All right, so there you go. We just uh, had some, uh, yeah, movement rings. But you've just been sitting there. I know. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, Cool. All right. Well, I guess we understand it now, and that sounds crazy. And uh, but that works, and Damn maybe nice. it's a real life medical condition. I mean, it's not in the books or anything as far as like a mental disorder. Okay. And like I said, it's not illegal. All right. Well, let's not all suddenly decide we're going to start <laughs> wanting to drink each other's blood because it's legal. Okay. That's advice from David. Please, God. Okay. Next okay. week for Blave It. Okay. I didn't know what to do. I have a few, I have a few choices for you. All right, let's hear. What if they all suck? Let's hear them. Okay, you can choose from the Winchester Mystery House. Mm, Okay. Do you know what that is? I don't. So that sounds interesting. So what's another one? That's a fucking haunted as fuck house. Okay. That has stairs that lead to nowhere. Let's hear the next one. Um... Notable ass- assassinations. Okay. And I also put the side note, Russian poison yeah. assassination. With An- the Anthony Bourdain's buddy. What? Yeah. Anthony Bourdain did a interview with that guy Which and guy? went to dinner. The guy who was assassinated by the Russian government, the high-ranking Ge- uh, uh, general guy. Yeah. Right? He was something like that. Anyway, they went to dinner and then he was murdered like a month after that. It's him, yeah, and his family, I thought. Okay, well, I don't know, because the Russians poison lots of people they do. all the time they through do. history. So, uh, and I think that shit's fascinating. Um, okay, what else? There was a book I was starting to read all about Russian poisons, because they put that shit together. It's creepy. Like the a North I'm, Korean brother. Yeah, book. I'm never leaving my house. Uh, my next choice is The Murder of Kim Wall. The Which one we just you touched about. on earlier. Because I didn't know how I'd really... Ooh, dang, that's tough. I'm torn between the first one and the third one. And then lastly is not... I put... I don't know how to say it. Try. You can do it. Diot... Diot Love. Diot Love Pass. What's that? That's the hiking accident... The mountain climbing, hiking, snow accident in Russia, mm-hmm. where the bodies were found in very alarming condition. Like why? Um, well, their clothes were all fucked up, and half of them weren't wearing their clothes, or um, they were wearing weird amounts of clothes. Um, they were missing parts of their face. And there was a high amount of radiation in their bodies. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, I think I want to do that one. <laughs> okay, it's a very famous... There's tons of things. All right, should I do the it. first one? Uh, the haunted Manchester thing. So, Winchester... Winchester. Do you know... Are, is the guns. Yeah. So, do you know anything about that person? I don't. So, there's a famous, like, daughter of the gun guy... Sarah, I think her name is Sarah Winchester, we'll say. Okay. I don't know what the fuck her name was. And it, um, she lost her mind and thought was just completely haunted and plagued by the ghosts of all of the people that had succumbed to the Winchester guns. And rifles, I think. I don't know what they are. But um, she was... 
it it made her nuts, and she built this crazy house. I remember now. Uh, in yeah. California, and they keep adding on to and it. And she kept adding to it, and it was because she was trying to escape from the ghosts. And so there's like doorways that open up into air, and like stairways to the ceiling, and like. So anyway, it's an interesting story and kind of creepy. And you can go to the house and pay, and probably buy some chicken tenders. Mm, sounds pretty cool. Chicken every oh man, I read an article all about going a review of the creationist arc in whatever state. You know that that crazy guy that built the big creationist theme park? Yes. Kind of around a huge arc. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so funny to read about. It was just like, dude, every every room is more signs to read on the wall. <laughs> like, oh a, guess what's in this room? A bunch of signs on walls <laughs> to read. That's awful. And it's super like anti uh everything. Everybody. Yeah. I want to choose the last one, the D one. Okay, Diot Love Pass. Yes, with the radiation, werewolf, uh, whatever. Um, I want that one. So I'm going to have to get that one from you during the week because we live together, and then I'll get on that one. No, I'm going to text it to you right now. All right. You'll find so much information. All right. Well, that was fun. Thank you for that. I thought that was interesting. Did you, you really... learn anything? I did. I learned so much stuff. I, I You gave me three different um, viewpoints on um, <laughs> the vampire societies, which I'm very thankful for. Okay. Well, thank you. Merry Halloween. Too. I love you. Thank you. I love you. What's going on in Stoner Mom's Grove? I sure miss singing that song. You'll sing it soon enough. But let's talk about your grow. Okay. So your grow's looking amazing. I so you've been down there. I know. You know, I mean, like, it's okay. And I just feel like we had good intentions, but... Whoa. Catherine Van Eaton says... Oh, sorry. Something. <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, I got your, I got your plants under control and that's fine. And they're looking amazing and they're very tall and they're looking, they're thriving and they're in the, they're in their, um, petite budding stage. Okay. So their colas, like you could see what they're all going to be in their hairs are sticking out. Oh, so there are little buds everywhere and they're very tall. So they're probably going to grow another six inches. I got to raise the light all the way to the top and then they'll be good. And um, they look so good and they're doing so well. I love it. I'm very impressed. I'm ex so excited because in that tent, we've got two super lemon haze plants. Mm -hmm. We've got one Chewbacca and one Girl Scout cookies. Mm -hmm. And I've decided that I need, I don't dry my weed enough because when I crack open the jars, mm -hmm. they seem kind of wet. Hmm. But that could also be long-term storage. I think you got to open them a little bit more. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, um, that's looking good. And in my it's other, it's always so nice when you give it to me. It seems so fresh. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like smoking my own weed. I get to smoke weed. Like I, it doesn't seem it's dry enough. Is all I mean. Well, we can get those there's humidity packs you can get that you throw them in there for longer-term storage. But I hear that takes the terpenes out of it. I don't want that. So, yeah, nobody wants that. I need so, those terpenes. So that's what's going on in your grow. Well, thank you. What's going on in your grow? Um, I have, it's looking just like your grow, only it's a bigger tent. And it's looking the same. They're all very tall. So, yes, the other grow tent is is doing very, very well. Good. And, and it looks just like yours, only it's a little bit bigger. And all the buds are there and they're little. And we're on the same uh, time frame with both of them. And I have two hemp plants that are continuing to take bionic nutrients, and they're not showing any signs of, like, nutrient burn yet. But I've got a plan where I'm going to get them to the edge where they start, like, being done and start turning colors, and then I'm going to give them, like, lower-level nutrients. And then we got a mother plant tent. Which we, we do. We do. We got which we finally successfully have some Chewbacca mother. We got a Chewbacca mother plant. We've got a hemp uh, called Lava Rock hemp plant, and we have a Charlotte's Web clone, which could be a boy, could be a girl. We don't really know, but let's hope it's a girl. 
<laughs> and then we'll have some if we had that that would be quite a feat um okay so that's what's going on that's what's, that's going, what's going on, on in Catherine's ground <laughs> stoner moms Girl. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, we're How we're are getting. You feeling? I'm feeling great. Do I mean, you, I'm gonna tell you something. Are you gonna do another one of those? I'm gonna do another CBD. Dab. I think we should both do one. Really? I like it. Can you, I do one? Why not? Can I get it do going we for you? Already use it too much. No. Here, there's so much here. Here, hold this. If you don't mind. I'll just do this one. No. I'll just do what's in here. Okay. Do you think there's any in? I do think there's some in there. So here she goes. Oh, look at her go! Oh my God, there's so much in there. What do you think? How does it make you feel? I love it. I got to do it right now. You got to add more. Okay. But mine was perfect. Okay. So um, what yeah. do you got? A listener letter or something? No. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. I don't know. It's shout out corner. It's a shout out. The easiest way to help the show is to leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. Today's <laughs> shout out goes to. Who? Nutmeg8914, who Heck says, yeah. awesome podcast. My friend suggested I listen, and I haven't stopped listening since. I love you guys. Major marriage parenting goals. Much love, Megan. Peace emoji. That's sweet. Huh. I love it when people say where their marriage. I like that a lot, too. parenting goals. That makes me happy. I'm pretty happy. Okay, anyway, sorry. Um, next are House Van Eaton members shout out. House Van Eaton is our membership site and community of adult stoners who support the show as well as everything we do over on the stonermom.com. Members have access to exclusive podcasts, sesh videos, vlogs, and live sessions with me and Blavid. Learn more at the stonermom.com and click on the membership. Today we're shouting out members Carrie and Angela. Carrie. Hello. Welcome. Or not welcome. Thank you, actually, for being... Uh, supporters of everything we do here at Mom and Dad are Stoned, and um, love you guys. All right, and that's it. That's it for this episode. What are we going to do next? David's going to make us steaks. Yeah, I'm going to make steaks. I just did some more of that CBD dab. For, I CBD. can't get over it. I love it. He grins every time. I love it. I love that it makes you so happy. It makes me like it's a miracle drug. Does it make you excited? <laughs> yeah, I think I <coughs> told you one time that what it feels like exactly for me, is on in Adventure Time. There is one scene where this lady Betty is interviewing wizards across the kingdom <laughs> and she comes to, and she's talking about the madness of wizards and how they're all mad. And she's like, the happiness. And she goes, the sadness. And then when she does the sadness, it's her interviewing a wizard and he's crying on the couch and he grabs his potion and he pours it on his head and he goes, he starts laughing immediately. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Like you poured potion on your head? Like you just poured a happiness potion on your brain and it just is like... I love that. I fucking love it. Anyway. That's good. Oh my God, I love it. I read a headline about CBD being like an instant antidepressant or whatever. <laughs> it's amazing. Um. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're so happy. Now you can <laughs> happily make steak. Oh my God, I'm so potato. excited to do all of that. I got to get on that. Okay. Mom and dad and... Mom and Dad are Stoned is made by us, David and Catherine. Learn more about us at thestonermom.com. Our music is by Deaf Girl. Follow her on the gram at Deaf Girl Music. And listen to her on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash dot n dash. Also, also. D-O-T slash E-N slash D-A-S-H. And she busted a car. So go check her out. Okay. <laughs> and donate to her music. All right, yeah, for sure. Um, I think she even has a, on her SoundCloud, she has a link to her PayPal. Yeah. If you want to buy any tracks, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at mom, the letter N, dad, the letter R, stoned. Follow David on Twitter and the gram at C-O Weed Grower. And follow me everywhere at the stoner mom. We'll be back again soon. Until then, remember to be safe and responsible. Ugh. We'll be back again soon. Until then, remember to be safe and responsible with your cannabis use. Always be kind and smoke weed every day. Bye. Bye.